I want to begin today by saying how grateful I am for your kindness and your generosity last week for pastor appreciation. I just appreciate that very much. I really do. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. I never thought I would look forward to my wife having doctor's appointments, but because she has a doctor's appointment this week, I know she's got to come home and, and be with me for a day or two, be home for a day or so. And uh, I'm excited for her to look at the cards and all of the, the, the gifts, things you did for us, and I'm just very, very appreciative. I thank you from the bottom of my heart, and uh, you truly bless me, and I'm, I'm, I'm thankful. Um, you know, Raymond Christian Center is a church where I believe people are serious about spiritual growth. Growing up and becoming everything that God has purposed and intended for us to become is important, and growing uh, spiritually is something that I, I believe um, is, is important, and I believe that this is a place where people really desire to grow in their relationship with the Lord. This series that we've been doing, um, most of you are aware of, is a series that um, Rick Warren put together and involved with Celebrate Recovery and is attached to Celebrate Recovery for everybody to be aware of certain aspects of, of what we go through in recovery. And so this, this particular series has been very exciting for me. It's been very timing. And this, um, the lessons were Beatitudes. It's about the Beatitudes. Today's lesson does not have a Beatitude attached to it, but this series has been particularly challenging to me because of much of, of, of what is going on or things that I'm dealing with, and it's, it's one thing to preach to other people, it's one thing to talk to other people, but it's, it's, it's exciting in a way, but challenging when God is talking to you, and He's been talking to me every week in this series, and so uh, it's no different today, but I, I'm, I'm excited about today's uh, sermon much more than some of the rest of them. Uh, we've looked at personal weaknesses and talked about those things in, in small groups, and, and it's been tough. It's been, it's been uh, challenging for us to look at ourselves, but I've, I'm extremely encouraged by the small groups and what happens in the small groups and how um, good they are. Um, it's one of the highlights of my week. It's one of the things I look forward to is being able to sit down and talk and to watch the spiritual growth and maturity take place in people's lives. And sometimes you get up and you prepare sermons, you preach sermons, you give sermons, and you don't see what's really happening in the day-to-day -day lives until you sit down with people and begin to talk with them. But I've seen some things that's been very uh, exciting, and I'm, I'm very grateful and thankful. And uh, I'm very proud of you, Rama Christian Center, the body of Christ that God has placed me with here. So today's message is extremely important, and... Uh, it's one that, again, is relevant to where we are. It's about how to finish the race. That's one of the things that we're uh, talking about, uh, how to keep on keeping on, how to uh, grow your entire life. And, and I, I don't want to spend any part of my life not growing, not maturing, not developing into everything that God has for us to grow into. I don't think you just reach a place where uh, you just say, I'm, I've arrived at where I want to be, and stop. I think that growth is something that is there uh, continually. And one of the reasons is this verse that I want to read this morning that uh, is kind of the text for what we're going to deal with today. It's found in Second, or, uh, John, Second John chapter 1, verse number 8. And I see that somehow I just got First John on the sheet. Y'all know Roman numerals are one and two, and it should be simple. And I've got one John up there, not two John, and I apologize, Junior. So y'all are going to have to believe that I'm really reading you out of the Bible or get your Bible out and read it, okay? So it says in 2 John chapter 1, verse 8, Look to yourselves that we do not lose those things which we worked for, but that we may receive 
a full reward. Listen to this again. Look to yourselves that we do not lose those things we worked for, but that we may receive a full reward. That's my prayer not only for me, but for you. You know, a lot of people, when they start off with the Lord, when they start off in life, when they start off on a new job, when they start off on a new adventure, whatever it is that they start off, they start off great. And a lot of people start off great in life. They start off doing things excellent. But a lot of people just fizzle out. They just get to a place where things don't go the way they want. They just get lax. They uh, get involved in something, and they, they, they enjoy. If, you're, if you've got a race going it's amazing to me how many of these marathons, have you ever watched or been to a marathon where they go and everybody is there and I'm always amazing at the, at the start of the marathon, how people come, how they're dressed, all the nice things they have on. Y'all know what I'm talking about, the, the garb. Now, for the last few years, I've had grandchildren who have been running in races and you, they, they want you to come and they want you to watch and it's, it's been amazing because they, they come and they have to have a certain outfit you understand what i'm saying certain things and everybody looks so nice and they're uh, wonderful and they have all of this <clears throat> and then it's amazing when you come to the finish line what they've taken off what they've thrown uh, off of them how that it's not all that the, you know they don't start with what the end you go along the thing you can pick up all kinds of stuff that people can't carry everything because it got too heavy and they've sweated and they're a mess, y'all understand what I'm saying? Or they fell down and they're dirty. And it's, it's a whole lot different at the finish line than it was at the start. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's just different. It's different when you have accomplished the goal and you finished the race. You look different. You're not as pretty as you were when you started. But here's what I want to say. A lot of people never make it to the finish line. A lot of people never finish the race. And here's one thing I want to assure you. You don't get a gold medal for starting a race and looking good at the start. The gold medal is for ending it, for finishing it, for accomplishing something, for doing what is out there in store for you. And I want to hear, I want to say, and I want to go on record saying, I want to finish my life well. I want to do everything that God has purposed and intended for me to do. I want Rama Christian Center to do what God has called and, a purposed, and purposed us to do. Now, today's lesson is called The Growth Choice. Every week we've been dealing with choices and uh, uh, here, here's how we got to where we are today. We've had six lessons. This is number seven, and we're going to go through those uh, six lessons. Let me just repeat those to you. If you could put that slide up for me, Junior, uh, on the six lessons. Okay. And uh, number one is there was the reality choice. In the reality choice, we talked about admitting needs. You got to realize that you're not God. You need a Savior. That's the uh, number one week that we did. In week two, we did the hope choice, which was getting help, realizing that you're not God, that God needs to help you, and that you need God in your life. Uh, I can't do it, but God can, and He's in my life, and so you have the hope choice. The third week, we did the commitment choice, which was letting go, quit being committed to just quit trying to control it, do it your way, and let God do what needs to be done. The fourth week, we looked at the house cleaning choice, which was coming clean, realizing that there are things in our life that we need help with, realizing that there are things going on in, in our situation and circumstance that we, we need to depend and trust God. We need to come clean with where we are and what's going on in our life and be honest. Uh, you know, I've said this statement to numerous times through the years. If you'll lie to yourself, you'll lie to other people. If you convince yourself of something that's not truthful, then, then you're never going to be truthful with everybody else. That's why we need others in our life speaking into us, helping us to do some housekeeping in our life to come clean uh, with where we are. And then the fifth week, we looked at the we made the transformation choice, which was making changes in our lives, letting God transform us into what He wants us to be. 
And then last week, we was the relationship choice, which was repairing relationships. And uh, we talked about forgiveness and being forgiven and giving forgiveness and how important it is that we do those things. Today, we're going to look at number seven, which is growth. Growth simply says this, if you want to grow and you're depending on maturing and becoming everything that God has purposed you to become, what you're going to have to do, number one, is realize that I reserve a daily time with God. Now, listen to me and hear my heart. I'm not talking about being religious about something. I'm not talking about just going through and doing something that just say, well, I've accomplished. I do this every day and I go through this process every day. I go through this uh, uh, series of doing certain things every day. No, I'm talking about spending some time with God and allowing God to spend some time with you. Reserve daily time with God. I don't care if it's Bible reading where you let God talk to you. I don't care if it's a prayer time where you talk to God. I don't care if it's a time of just self-examination where you sit down and you examine where you are, what you're doing, what's happening in your life, and, and am I allowing God and, and me to have a relationship? Jason talked about it a while ago. It's about a personal relationship with God. It's not about just going through the formalities and the process of doing things. It's whether or not you take time to say, Lord, I'm going to talk to you. You know, I, and some of you have heard me say, you need to set aside some time where you just go and talk to God like He's sitting right there with you and talk to him like you would talk to somebody else let God talk to you listen for what he may want to say get his word out and allow his word to 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 speak to you that's that's really what I'm talking about is where where you know God and his will for your life and you gain power to follow his will you've got to know what his will is but if you don't spend time with him you'll never know I have people all the time, I just don't know what God's will is. Well, when's the last time you sit down and had a conversation with him? When's the last time you just sat down and spent some time thinking about what it is he wants you to do and asking him to talk to you and speak to you about that? You know, spiritual growth is a choice. Spiritual growth is intentional. You've got to make a choice to continue growing or you'll just get stagnant where you are. In 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, it says, Continue to grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory for Amen. But continue. You grow in grace and knowledge. You've got to choose to do that. Well, so, if we're going to grow, and we're going to finish the race well, and we're going to do what we need to do, what do I do? I want to give you some steps this morning, and I want you to just pay attention and listen close to me. Again, number one, the first thing that I want to say is, you've got to fix a time, a daily time, to say this is God's time. I don't want to sound preachy with this, but I just, I just, you know, you just got to nail it down. You just got to decide whether you're going to spend. How, how many of us, and you don't have to raise your hand or acknowledge it, but, but how many of us said, I know I need to do better, and I know I need to take more time, and I know I need to do this, and then life has its way of just taking you where it wants to take you, and you don't ever get there. We're all guilty of that. And what I'm saying this morning is I'm just trying to get us to stop for a moment and say, do it. Take some time for God. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If he's the vine and we're the branches, we have to stay connected to him. We have to stay plugged in to him. If he's the vine and we're the branches and we don't spend time at that connection, we're never going to bear fruit. You can't separate a branch from a vine and the branch bear the fruit that it was intended to bear. You can never bear the fruit that God wants you to bear in your life if you don't stay connected to him. 
Now, that's not deep. It's not real theological. It's really simple. <clears throat> As I've said, you know, my, my wife's been gone now for about three months. Most of the time she comes home. I've tried to do things. Cook, make things. One day I decided I was going to fix this really good, healthy drink. And I got out a blender. Plugged it in. Started hitting buttons. I couldn't get a button on the blender to work. I called her on the phone. I said, honey, what's wrong with your blender? Well, the last time I used it, it was fine. First question, are you sure you got it plugged in? <laughs> I said, yeah, I do. Well, <clears throat> where did you plug it in? Right here beside the coffee pot. She said, was the coffee pot on when you tried to turn the blender on? Well, yeah, I'm making a cup of coffee, too. I'm a multitask man here. I can do two things at once. She said, well, there's a button on the ground fault plug beside the receptacle that you used that you've blown. Oh. She said, go over and push a button. And you will have power. I could have pushed buttons on the blender all day. And if it wasn't connected to power, it could have never done what it was designed to do. Are you with me? You can go all day pushing your buttons of what you want, but if you're not connected to the creator of your soul and your heart and you don't have the power source operating in your life, you can't do what you were designed to do. Some of you heard me tell this. I can never, I'll never forget, in 1980 I went to Israel. I went to Israel and plugged in a hairdryer. That hairdryer run real good and real fast for about two seconds. And then there was this stench in the room, this odor, and it wouldn't burn ever, run ever again because I burned it up. It was on 220 power. And you're supposed to have an adapter. And I thought, oh, yeah. I got one of those in my suitcase, but it was too late. Now hear me, you've got to have a relationship with God for your life to work the way it was designed to work. And you've got to spend some time making sure that you're plugged in To him. It's called spending some time being connected, the vine and the branch. Pray. Read the Bible. Spend a little time with him. Don't just do it to be going through the steps of doing something. Just do it. Get it done in your life. You know, I've learned that life isn't just about the to-do list. I have to-do lists every day. I I write things down. I have things I have to get accomplished sometimes. You, you know, I, I, I have, I'm going in so many directions. And, and you know, I, my wife and people that I work with from time to time on a daily basis have to stop me and slow me down and say, wait a minute, you are combining two different things in one statement. You're going from here to there, and you said this and this. Which one do you want me to do? 
Well, I said, it was perfectly clear in my mind before I told you. But you don't always express it the way that you need to do. But, you know, God didn't create you just to do things. God didn't make you. He created you so that you could know Him and love Him and so that He could love you back. Do you realize how much God wants some time with you? I'm just too busy. I've just got too much going. I got too much to do. I got too much to do. Nothing you got to do is as important as being and spending a little time with Him. Thank you. When you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you want to talk to Him. You know, I, I want to make this as easy as I know how. Matter of fact, I, I want you to understand that you can talk to God all the time. Let me say it to you again. You can talk to God all the time. Do you realize that I'm standing here before you and I'm talking to you, but at the same time, I'm standing here and I'm saying on the inside of me to God, God, if you don't help me today, if you don't give me what to say, if you don't help me say what needs to be said the way it needs to be said, and if you don't cause me to say it in a way that somebody can receive it, God, if you're not involved, I'm talking to you and I'm talking to God at the same time. It's not difficult once you train yourself and learn how to do it. I can't tell you how much you just begin to train yourself and you, you understand. You know, I have appointments with people. People come in, people will call and they say, I want to talk to you. When they, when they, when they come in, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm listening, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to them. But I'm also sitting there when people come in. I'm sitting there behind my desk and I'm sitting there and I'm going... <clears throat> God, they're here because they think I can help them. And this problem they got is so stupid, I don't know what to do. If you don't help me, I ain't going to be able to help them. Now, Lord, they think I'm smart. They don't know me like you do. I never want to just tell somebody what I think. What are you saying? I need to know what God thinks about you. My opinion will get you nowhere. But if I've talked to God and God's talking to you through me, you better understand He loves you and He cares about you and He wants to talk to you. Why can't you talk to Him at the same time you talk to other people? Now, How many of you know what I'm talking about? Some of you talk to yourself while you're talking to other people. I wish I was out of here. I don't like this. I can't stand this kind of preaching. This guy's about out of here. I don't want to get out of here. Your mouth ain't moving, but you're talking. Am I right? What are you saying? I'm just saying I can talk to you and to God at the same time, and so can you. It's about a relationship. There are times I'm doing things and I find myself somewhere in a situation, a circumstance that I didn't create. Some of you, some of you have heard me tell the story. There was an orderly for years at the hospital by the name of Berlin Cook. Frank's mother-in-law broke her pelvis yesterday and this morning because we had extra time. I was here early, you know, we had the clock set back and I ran over to visit her, and I found myself as I was going through uh, into the hospital on a Sunday morning here to go, and I'm thinking, oh, I don't want to get caught. You, you understand what I'm saying? I can walk in there, and I go down their rooms, and there's people who know me I don't know. I, there's situations, things going on, you just, you know, and, and there's times I go there, and it just, you know, and, and on a Sunday, my excuse is that I got to be here, and I got to preach, and I got, you know, this kind of thing. But Berlin used to get me, every time he'd see me, he'd say, Preacher, come here. He'd say, come here. 
I want to meet you. I want to introduce you to somebody. He'd take me to a room. He'd walk a room. He said, this is the guy I'm telling you about. Bye. <laughs> he'd turn around and just walk out. And I'd say, hi, how you doing? And I mean, I could carry on a conversation, but I found myself in this situation time and time and time again. Well, you know, I got to the point that I'd go to the hospital and it was kind of just embarrassing for how, how he would do me at times and, and situations. And sometimes it'd be embarrassing to the person that, that was there. You understand what I'm saying? It wasn't the most opportune time. It did. But he would do this all the time. All of a sudden, one day, I'm upset. I'd went in there and he had took me into a room and, and, and you know, I just started talking to the person and the person had accepted the Lord. And I walked out, and I'm walking back down the hall. And the Lord says to me, he says, why don't you stop and think of how many people have accepted Christ because Berlin took you to a room and said, here's the preacher. And you walked out and left you there, and it was my timing. And I got to thinking, and I thought, there's been several people, one to the Lord, because of Berlin Cook, I didn't know if Berlin was saved or not. But Berlin kept getting me where he needed me to be. And what I'm trying to get you to see is God can work with you in places and situations if you'll just have a relationship with him and talk to him. I know before Berlin died that he accepted the Lord because one day I said, Berlin, you keep taking me to all these places and these people keep getting saved. Are you saved? I don't know. He never came to, he never came to church here. His wife came to church here. He never came. I said, well, Berlin, I need to know you're all right. What, what do you want me to do? That's why I want you to pray with me. He did. Berlin went on, went to a nursing home. It's, I mean, for years he spent in a nursing home till the day he died. I'd see him from time to time. Louis went to visit him one time, and he introduced Louis to nursing home down in Princeton. He said, this is the second-handed preacher. <laughs> I mean, Louis still laughed about it. He didn't say associate pastor. He said, this is the second-handed preacher. You can have a relationship with God and talk to God. That's what I'm trying to get across to you at all times. If you're going to spend time with God and you're going to win this race and finish this race well, it's time you spend with God. The second thing that I want to say today is if I'm going to make it to the finish line, I've got to fill my mind with Scripture. You've got to know the Word of God. It's so important that you understand what God's Word says and you just, you just got to know how important the Word of God is. You know, if I go without food, I get weak. There, there, are, there are some of you that are here that you know as well as I do that you, you get up in the morning, if you don't eat by a certain time, you get nauseous. You, you, you go through things where you, your body is desiring food. It, it, it desires things. And, you know, I mean, you know, my, I think I'm addicted to calories. Do y'all know? I mean, I mean... <laughs> My body just has this addiction for anything that has calories in it. I mean, it's just, it's there. And, and, and it, you know, so the same thing is true with God's Word. You've got to understand that this book, the Word of God, is food for your soul. You need to be meditating on God's Word day and night. You need to be thinking about God's Word. You need to understand that you'll never get to the place... There are so many things that I get out of God's Word today that I couldn't get years ago because as I grow with the Lord and walk with the Lord, it's so powerful, it's so mighty, it's so wonderful because God's Word is food for your soul. Scripture says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The word for word there is rhema. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every rhema, every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You've got to hide God's word in your heart. 
that you don't sin against God. That's what the Word of God says. Your strength, your food, your nourishment, your spiritual ability to grow comes from knowing the Word of God. And I'm not talking about memorizing God's Word and having it in your head. It's got to be a part of your heart. It's got to be something that's a part of the innermost being of your soul. So you've got to have God's Word. If you're going to finish the race well, you've got to have God's Word in your heart. James chapter 1 and verse 25 says, But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, think about that, continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. So guys, what are the results of me filling my mind and my heart with the Word of God. I'm going to be blessed and prospered at what I put my hand to do. Because God's Word in our hearts and in our mind is what causes us to be successful. Jesus said, if you continue in my Word, you are my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. He says, if you continue in my word, two things. You are my disciple, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. You know, when you get down, when you get discouraged, when you get depressed, and all of us go through times where we deal with depression of some sort, some fashion. We deal with being discouraged. We deal with with those kinds of feelings from time to time. But what you've got to start doing, and what I know to do at times like that, is you've got to get the Word of God into your heart. You need to start putting the Word of God into your mind and into your heart. Romans 2 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? You renew your mind with the truth. So you've got to get out of the negativism. And into the Word. Listen to me. If you know people and talk to people, and you have a TV and you watch TV, and especially if you watch the news, you're dealing with negativism. Do you all understand what a great week you're about to have? Huh? I mean, I can't wait till Tuesday's over. Woo! But I promise you, there'll be something else negative going on. Wants to hold your attention. Wants to drag you down. And I don't care which party it is. I don't care which TV show it is. I don't care what channel it is. Negativism. How do I deal with negativism? The Word of God gives me victory over what the world is saying. Listen to me. My hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Get out of negativism. And into the word. Amen? Number three. Are you ready for this? You've got to focus on your goal, not your habit, not your hang up, not your problem. Focus on your goal. When I talk about a habit, or I say a habit, habits, hurts, hang-ups. How many of you have ever been hurt and that hurt just controls you? I've been hurt. I've had things happen. Reality things. Stuff that you don't want to happen. Stuff that you don't want to face. Stuff you don't want to deal with. And it happens in our lives. And those hurts, those habits, 
some of the things that, that we all deal with, we, we could call them sins, some of the sins, some of the weaknesses, some of the failures that we deal with on a, on a daily basis. You know, there are things like that in our life that we don't like. I've got things in my life I don't like. But you've got to learn how to focus on what you need to focus on not what you don't need to focus on. I know so many people that spend all of their time focusing on what they don't like. I get around people and they start talking and all they want to talk about is what they don't like. They don't like anything about anybody, anywhere, anytime, anyplace, anything. And they, they, well, what do you like? I don't know. Well, let me ask you, how are you ever going to be happy if you don't know what's going to make you happy? Well, I just got too many problems. Well, you need to have a relationship with God and you need to focus on the Word of God. And when you focus on the Word of God and you have a relationship with God, you'll find out that the problems you have, whatever they are, He can solve and fix every problem there is on the planet. So you've got to start focusing on what the goal is. What's the goal? Pastor, what's so important about what you're saying? Well, one of the laws of the universe that God has put into motion is called the law of attention. Everybody listen to me say this. Say the law of attention. Here's what the law of attention states. Whatever you focus on, whatever gets your attention, attracts you. Let me say it again. Whatever you focus on, whatever gets your attention, attracts you. It pulls you. Whatever gets your attention, you move towards it. Some of you remember me telling the story about being in a cave and when the guy hit a little red thing back in the days when you hit a button on a watch and that light shone, it was so dark in there that when he hit it, you, 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 that light came on, you could just feel everybody in there move towards the light because it draws you. When something gets your attention, it draws you. It's obvious you don't move towards things that don't get your attention. You don't, you don't move towards things that don't get your attention, but if something gets your attention, it draws you towards it. Now listen to me, hear what I'm trying to say. If you're focused on your past, then your past has your attention. If all you can see is how you've lived your life and what you've done and all your mistakes and all your failures and all of your mistakes and all of your failures and all of your shortcomings and all the stuff you've done, if it has your total and complete thought patterns, then it has your attention. And you're focused on your past. Let me, let me give you all some really deep, godly wisdom today are you ready for this everybody say get ready say it get ready listen to this your past is your past what are you saying you are not your past you are not who you were yesterday Today. I told you, you look better today than you did 40 years ago. Some of you weren't even here, Ben, 40 years ago. Now watch. Stay with me. What matters to you today is determining where your feet are going. Again, I'm talking about the law of attention. What has your attention? If your past has your attention, you're trying to drive looking in a rearview mirror, and it's hard to drive looking in a rearview mirror. You need to Focus on what has your attention. You need to understand that what you allow to have your attention is where your feet are going to take you. Stop focusing on your past. It's over. 
It's finished. It's complete. Help me. Listen, listen, listen. It ain't going to change. You realize that? Whatever has happened to you ain't going to change. It's done. It's dead. It's over. So quit focusing on what you can't change. And make something new your habit, your attention. Give something different. What's your goal? Focus on your goal, not your habit. It amazes me, you know, how many people focus on what has happened instead of what they want to happen. I just can't get anything going in my life. Every time I get going somewhere, every time I get ready to go somewhere, every time I get something going in my life, something just comes up bad. I'm just waiting for the next bad thing to happen. So that focus begins to draw your attention to it, and all of a sudden it's your goal, and all of a sudden here you are, you're dealing with something, and you know what you're believing for? You know what you're confessing? You know what you're looking for? You're looking for the next bad thing, and guess what's going to happen when all your faith and all your energy is going into the next bad thing? Hmm? Oh, I know I'm preaching good today because I'm talking to every single one of you, not just me today. What are you focusing on? What has your attention? So, here it is. I'll move on. If you want to finish the race, daily time with God, just got, to, just got to be connected, stay with God. Fill your mind with God's words, you got to have His words. You got to focus on the goal in your life, His future for you, not your past. I want His future for my life. I believe in setting goals. I've always believed in setting goals. And you've got to understand that God operates in our lives by faith. F-A-I-T-H. A goal is a statement of faith. Get this, please. God wants me to accomplish such and such by a certain day. I've got some goals right now. We're going to feed and buy gifts for every foster child in Greenbrier County. It's a goal. Something I have out there. We're going to do it together. I'll keep it in front of you. I believe it's God's will. I believe it's something God wants done. I believe it's something God can use us and accomplish and do great things things in those kids' lives. Celebrate Recovery is going to do some Christmas gifts for all of the kids, for not all of them, but for a number of the kids in day court. It's something that they are focusing on. We're going to help and assist in doing that. Pastor Farley, what do you want to do? Well, we've got to give it some attention. What are you saying? Well, you've got to talk about it. You've got to think about it. You've got to begin to think. Some of you got some money that you don't know what to do with. I know what to do with mine. I'm going to keep it. <laughs> yeah. But some of us understand it's happier, blessed, to give than it is to receive. What you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. I was talking to somebody the other day about this and a group of people who always buy for each other and they're sitting there in the car and they're talking about this and one of them said, Let's buy for those kids instead of for each other at Christmas. Everybody in there agreed. I went, cha-ching, thank you, Lord. What do you mean? Well, this is not about me. It's about what can we do? Where is your focus? What's your goal? What is it that you've got out there? A goal is a statement of faith. Now listen. If it doesn't have a date on it, it's not a faith statement. What do you mean, Pastor? 
If it doesn't have a date of when you're going to do it, we've set a date, we've got the time, we know when the party's going to come, and we've started focusing our attention, putting our attention, and setting our attention on what we're going to do for this. It's going to happen. It's got to have a date. If it doesn't have a date, it's a wish. If it doesn't have a date, it's a dream. If it doesn't have a date, it's a desire. The only thing that will change your life is setting a goal, and the goal has to have a date attached to it. It's called a faith goal. According to your faith, will it be done unto you? I want to give you five characteristics of faith. Number one, F, I'm going to take the acronym faith, and I want to give you five characteristics. Number one, it's focused. Faith is focused. Now watch. It means... When you're focused, you all understand I'm not going to focus that I put faith under F instead of focus, that that's a mistake, and I'm not going to focus on what I did wrong because I've already did one, done one verse wrong. Every week I do stuff wrong. We just sometimes, between me and the sound booth and me and the people back there, hide it from you, but God knows. So, you know, focused is what this F is supposed to be. Faith is the acronym. Focused is what we want, the F, okay? So, are you with me? It can't be vague. It can't be one of those things that has no focus to it. Now, watch. If you use the word more or you use the word less, it's not a focused goal. Everybody pay attention here just a moment. If you say, I want to be more kind, that's not a faith statement. It's not a focused goal. If you say, I want to weigh less, how much and by when? If you don't add the date to it, it's not a goal. Just by saying, I want to weigh less. I want to be a less angry person. I want to be less impatient. I want to exaggerate less. Those aren't goals. Those are statements that you make. When you say, I want to be more like Jesus, that's, you, you got to get specific about how more, much more like Jesus do you want to be. It's got to be specific. How, how do you measure things like more or less? There's no way to measure it. You've got to measure it. So set a date. Look at somebody and say, set a date. It's got to be specific. Quit using more or less. Number two. A, it's got to be attainable. A faith goal is attainable. You know, it's amazing to me how many people get all hyped up and all excited and they set a goal that they'll never accomplish. You know, if you set a goal, when I'm talking about prayer and talking to God and spending time with God, and you, 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 you come to me and say, Pastor Farley, I'll tell you what, you really... Pro- provoked me today you really got me excited i'm gonna start spending five hours a day with god really yeah i'm gonna start doing it how long do you think you're gonna do it you'll be lucky to do it one day i'm not talking about doing some outrageous stupid thing i'm talking about attainable goals that you set for your life that you can really do that you can think about that you can talk to somebody about things that can really happen i like to get around people who can attain things and accomplish things and set goals and help you set goals and then give you ways to what you do it and you begin to see god work when you begin to set goals that it takes god to get involved with but when you are involved with god and your first goal is to spend time and he gives you goals then you begin to see him working and you quit looking at all the negative stuff and all of the things that haven't happened and you begin to see him doing things and all of a sudden positive things begin to happen in your life and you set a goal and you ask God to help you and guess what? He will help you. Attainable goals. I is individual. Faith goal is an individual goal. 
that means it's personal. You cannot set a goal for other people. Some of you need to quit setting goals for your kids. I was listening for kids to say amen, but most of them are in other rooms. It's amazing to me how many people want to set goals for other people. You can't set goals for your children. You can't set goals for your spouse. You can only set goals for yourself. The only way that you can change other people, the only way you can change other people is to change yourself. Every time I have prayed and asked God to change my wife or my children, He wants to talk to me about what I got to do. Every time. I was talking to him one day about somebody I didn't like. I said, God, I don't like how they are. I don't like how they act. I don't like what they do. They need to change. He said, do you want to change them? I said, I sure do. He said, okay. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself no reputation. I'd like for you to see them the way I see them and see that the way you see them ain't right. Do you know from that day to this, that person changed instantly because I quit seeing them with the negatives and I started seeing what God saw them for and what God had purposed for them and what God was doing and how he was working and I realized I needed to quit trying to put my tag on them and let God change me. You want your family to change? Draw a circle and get in it and say, Lord, change me. And you know what? They'll change. They'll change. Oh, I know some of you don't believe me. But it works. Number T for trackable. A faith goal is trackable. You can measure it. It's verifiable. You set a date and you stand by it. June of 2019, what do I want to do? What do I want to have accomplished? What do I want to be? What do I need to happen? What happened? What do I want to accomplish by Christmas? What do I have to do? Some of you don't understand. You set goals every day. You got to shop. You got to do this. And then when it gets down to the wire, if you got to do certain things, if you had set the goal, you got to do what you have to do in order to make it happen. It's called a faith goal. But it's got to have a date and you've got to track it. It's got to be trackable. And the last is H, heartfelt. If you don't feel it, don't set it. A passionless goal will never be reached. Nothing is accomplished without passion. Now, I'm just about done, and I've said everything I've said today because I want to get you to a place where I'm really going to ask you. We're looking at you spending some time with God. We're looking at some stuff that you need to be doing you need to hear God's word, God's word. I want to finish well. I want to get accomplished. But what spiritual goal do I need to set for my life today? I want every one of you to take a moment in the service today, and I want you to set a spiritual goal for your life. I want you to think for a moment, and I want you to understand that it's time that I set a faith goal. Say this with me. Say, Dear Lord, I want to be everything you've purposed me to be before I leave this earth. Everything, Lord. It's my goal. Now, if you're going to do that, here's what I want to say, number four, the next step in this message. If you're going to do what God calls you to do and you're going to be who God called you to be and you're going to accomplish what God's called you to accomplish, you're going to have to face and forsake your failures quickly. 
face and forsake. How many of y'all understand you will stumble in your life? You're going to make mistakes. Y'all understand that? You know, but the key to success is to face the mistake, face the failure, admit the failure, deal with it, face the thing quickly. Quit trying to blame other people. Quit trying to excuse yourself. Own up to it. Listen to me. I can't change anybody else, but I can change how I'm going to see and view things that happen and take place in my life. And when you know that you've got a habit, a hurt, or a hang-up, or something that's controlling your life, if you've got a life-controlling problem, the first thing and the best thing you can do is to face the thing and to forsake the thing and to come to a place where you understand it quickly. If you don't deal with it now, it's not going to be dealt with. If I could say it to you like this, don't let sin pile up. Let it go quickly. Don't hang on to it. You know, I want to be careful how I illustrate this, but I want you to get it. I'm trying to say it in a nice way. You need to take the garbage out of your life every day. That ain't powerful enough. Y'all ain't getting it. Some of you let garbage sit at your house for weeks. It stinks. Y'all understand that? Huh? Let Let me help you this. Tell me something in a room that you go to several times every day and you make a deposit. Hello? Hmm? What happens when you have nothing to give in a bathroom? Hmm? Tell me. Do you have a buildup? Does anybody know anything about a buildup? Hmm? <laughs> yeah. See, you you can look at me and you can make a judgment of me, but I want to tell you by the power of the Holy Spirit and under the anointing of God that if you don't get rid of some garbage and some feces in your life that is holding you and got you bound up, you are never going to be free to do what God has called you to do. You're going to get in pain. You're going to get in misery. You're going to suffer and it will kill you. And the body of Christ is full of... I'm just simply saying, guys, we've got to let it go. Yeah, but they hurt my feelings and I'm just, I'm just not... Let it go! Some of you... A good flush would do you good. I go home from Sundays like this and I say, Lord, what got into me? Because I was just going to do the garbage part of this. I wasn't going to do the other part. But y'all wasn't getting the garbage. Have y'all ever seen the show Hoarders? Hmm? Do you feel sorry for them? Some of you are the biggest hoarders of spiritual hurt and spiritual degradation and past days and past failures and past sins and things that should be out of your life. You need to let it go. Amen. Amen. Why do you think you go into some of these restaurants and they got these antiques hanging on the wall? 
Huh? They don't work anymore. I was in somebody's outbuilding this week. I won't go into detail because I'll get in trouble. But I was in somebody's outbuilding this week. And they had a thing that had two wheels on it and clippers like you trim sidewalks with that you could stand and walk and clip. And I said, why do you still have that? Well, you just never know. I might need that sometime. I said, have you heard of a weed eater? I just, do you understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying it's wrong. It still works. It still functions. There's some things in your life that still work and function. You get mad, you get angry, you still get your way. You walk in bitterness and resentment and it happens the way you want it to happen and you're comfortable there. But God wants you to get some of that trash out of your life. God wants you to get some of that feces gone. God wants you to get rid of some stuff in your life that doesn't need to be there any longer. Amen, amen, and amen. Confess and forsake it quickly. Get on the road to recovery. Don't beat yourself up. Just get over it. Focus on your future, not your past. Man, I don't know what happens time. You got to flee temptation. I'm going to be done here. You got to get rid of temptation out of your life. So many people, when they get tempted, are intimidated by it, and you can't. It's not a sin to be tempted. It's what are you going to do with that sin. Listen to me. What happens when God gives you an idea? It's called inspiration. Listen to me. When the devil gives you an idea, it's called temptation. When God gives you an idea, it's called inspiration. When the devil gives you an idea, it's called temptation what you do with it determines whether it's good or bad right or wrong sin or righteousness every time the devil reminds me of my past and I don't know where I got this from but you've all heard it I remind him of his future that's in my past and it's going to stay in my past now I'm finishing trying to close this if I am going to make it to the finish line and I'm going to grow continuously I must have some ongoing support. And one of the things that we need to do for ongoing support is why we have the small groups. You need to have people in your life who speak into your life. You need to have people in your life. You've you, you got to have friends who will tell you when you're full of crap. Do you understand that? You need people in your life who will be honest with you. You need relationships in your life where people know what's going on in your life. But here's, here's what so many people do. Pastor Farley, I went to a small group and I didn't like the small group, so I'm never going to a small group again. Really? Well, let me help you with something. I had somebody come in my office one day and said, you know, I've tried small groups around here and, you know, I just don't like them. And I said, well, I, I don't know that I have any small groups that like you. <laughs> I didn't really. <laughs> I just thought that that was a conversation. I didn't really have that with God. It was just me. Okay, but anyway. And I thought about that statement, and I thought, how many of you have been to a restaurant you didn't like, but you didn't quit going to restaurants? I've been to restaurants I don't like. may not go back to that restaurant, but I'm going to keep going to restaurants. It's a calorie thing, addiction. But we get these ideas in our mind and we think, you know, I tried that once and it didn't work. How many of you have ever been to a doctor you didn't like? Well, I'm going to quit going to doctors altogether. Well, that's crazy. That's, that's not even smart. That's not the best thing to do. What you've got to understand is there are small groups. Find a group of people you can get around who you can be accountable with. And if you can't find one, why don't you create one? You may find out when you start to create one, nobody wants to be around you. So you need to say, will you help me be better and improve? Because I need other people in my life. And if we're going to finish well, guys, here's what we've got to do is we've got to follow Christ. My last scripture, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 says, 
being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I'm convinced that what God starts, he will finish it. Galatians tells us, don't grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you faint not. Listen to me. You've got to have those scriptures hid in your heart. You've got to have a daily relationship with God. You've got to walk with God. You've got to talk with God. You've got to trust God. You've got to set a goal for your life. You've got to believe. You can't just take life as it comes. You've got to determine what are you going to do with everything in your life. Don't let it just happen. One of the hardest things in life to do is when you get to an age and a place that you stop growing and life becomes miserable. Stand with me. Thank you. Thank you. What's your goal? Where are you headed? Who do I have that can speak into my life? Lord, today, many of us here, Lord, are aging. We're moving into a place and a stage of our life, Lord, where we can accomplish some things. There are some goals that you have set before us, some things that you want to have done. So, Lord, Today, I'm asking you to speak to the hearts and minds of every person here. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to connect with every individual under the sound of my voice. And Lord, I'm asking you to speak to their heart right now. Help them to set a goal. And then help them to focus on the goal. Help them to get over their past and start moving toward what they have in store for their future. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the privilege that we have to serve you now and to honor you. If you're here this morning and you're not in a right relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you to come to the altar. Somebody's here who will pray with you. If you have something that you're dealing with, we will pray with you. If you have a sickness or a disease, I want you to know that God will heal you. He will touch you. I appreciate you being here today, and I just really want to encourage you, if you don't do anything or take anything from this message today, go spend some time and set a goal. Set a goal every day of my life. I'm going to connect with my Creator. Spend some time with God, and I promise you, God will spend some time with you. Father, I just pray for this body now. I thank you for them, and I thank you for what you're doing in us and through us. We give you praise and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Communion elements are here. Somebody's here to pray with you. I appreciate you being here. God bless you. You're dismissed. I love you. Thank you for being here today.